Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. I'm excited today. We are going to have a great conversation about the Divine Feminine, about goddesses, about what we can tap into to really allow ourselves to feel an essence of different types of powerful energies rise up through us. There really is only one of us here, and everything that has ever existed are, is part of that oneness that we are. And so we do ourselves a favor in terms of our empowerment and our spirituality and just our growth as a soul when we allow ourselves to access many of the different energies that have been here, that have been very powerful for all time. How do you live a life of radical joy as well as spiritual awakening, success as well as deeper love? How do you serve the world selflessly yet passionately celebrate your life? The sages of Tantra have known for centuries that when you follow the path of Shakti, the sacred feminine principle personified by the goddesses of yoga, these gifts manifest spontaneously. Yet most of us, women as well as men, have yet to experience the full potential of our inner feminine energies. I have a guest today, Sally Kempton, who is the author of Awakening Shakti, which is what we're going to discuss today. And she has a gift for making yogic wisdom relevant to daily life and leading students into deep states of meditation. She teaches workshops and retreats internationally and has spent over 40 years practicing, studying, and teaching meditation and spiritual philosophy, including many years as a Swami in the order, in, in the, one of the orders in the India's Saraswati tradition. She is also the author of Meditation for the Love of It, which is a wonderful guide of meditation that takes you more into the inner work of meditation. It does have the basics that will allow you to understand how to meditate, but it takes you a little bit deeper into the inside of it. I'm really excited to discuss some of the power, the transformative power of goddesses today in Awakening Shakti. So welcome, Sally, to 1111 Talk Radio. It's a pleasure to be here, Simran. I really enjoyed the book. It was quite powerful, and I've actually used uh, a bit of what you've done because I really like to experience books in their fullness when I decide or choose to use them in the magazine or the radio, and you are featured in one of the issues of 1111 Magazine, actually the March-April issue. So all of you who have not accessed that, definitely take a look at that, uh, that issue as well. And I like the way that you take us into the mini goddesses and help us to understand 
what they are about and, and how to really allow ourselves to embody them. When was your first awakening or describe your first understanding where you really got the hit that this is how I can truly tap into different essences of my power if I allow myself to tap into these essences of the goddesses? Uh, great question. Well, I first started feeling, let's say, close to the Hindu goddesses um, in the early 90s. And I, I actually describe in the book how I was at a, uh, at a, cer- a ceremony, a festival in, in, in India, and was asked to tell a story about the goddess. And as I was telling the story, I, I literally got filled with ecstasy and realized that it, that one of the qualities in the in the Hindu tantric tradition that's ascribed to the goddess is love, ecstasy. She she is said to represent the love aspect of reality. And after that experience, I began to to study the goddesses, to read the stories, um, to meditate on them. And what I discovered is that. Uh, there's, first of all, there's an enormous spectrum of Hindu goddesses, much, much larger, really, than we're used to in the West. So there are goddesses who are all about beauty and love and uh, partnership, uh, and there are goddesses who are protectors. There are goddesses who are totally wild and out of bounds. And I discovered that just by tuning into, for example, a goddess like Lakshmi, Who's who's the the feminine power of abundance and beauty and fertility? I could bring that feeling of abundance alive in myself, and by meditating on Kali, who's a goddess of really revolutionary wildness, um, it was a very good way of you know taking um, inner obstacles and blocks and and really allowing them to be uh, literally dissolved in the fire of this particular goddess. So I began working with goddesses, meditating with goddesses, and discovering that that you can actually have an intimate relationship with these energies, which is a way, of course, of having an intimate relationship with the sacred part of yourself. Now, Sally, for someone who is having a little bit of a mental block in terms About- of... Am I betraying my own belief system if I am now um, allowing myself to to align with a goddess or to even consider that a goddess energy is within me? Can you speak a little bit about um, how this relates to integrating it with what one already knows? Um, yes. I would say, first of all, that it's it's very helpful when you're approaching these sacred forms to begin by by contemplating them as energies. So if you if you look into yourself, you will probably see that there are um, there are aspects of yourself that that might be quite negative. There's parts of yourself that uh, you know that are your competence, your your competencies, your capacities. There's your soft relational side. You know, we, we all have many different aspects of ourself. The, the amazing wisdom of, uh, of what in, in the East is called deity practice is that, that you can do deity practice. Deity practice is 
is a way of tapping into sacred energies and recognizing them within yourself. And the beauty of of the deity of this particular form of deity practice is that it it carries the recognition that your sacred selves have many different faces. So it, there's not you know kind of one aspect of yourself that carries your your sacred heart, for example. Um, I'm a uh, great lover of of the Divine Mother in the form of the Virgin Mary, um, and you know one of the ways that I first began to experience the sacred feminine was through her particular uh, form and qualities, and it you know in a, in a certain sense any sacred form will will open up to you the other sacred forms. So I would say if you're, you know, if you, if you are used to practicing in a very monotheistic tradition um, or a non-dual tradition in which you're, you know, you're, you're not comfortable meditating with forms, uh, to look inside yourself and see if you can act to access your own, uh, your own sacred feminine energies. Most of us are, if not fully aware, most of us have some kind of sense of what it feels like to be in our, uh, in our own sacred energy, in our own sacred feeling. And we may also notice that there's a, there's a quality in our, uh, in our inner sense of access to higher powers or to the divine that may feel particularly masculine and, and, and avenues that may feel particularly feminine. And as you, you know, begin to, to look into your sense of the sacred with, a, with a, an intention to notice, let's say, the difference between the, the sort of gender qualities of certain, certain divine capacities that you have. So, for example, um, there's, you know, there are many flavors of compassion, which is, of course, a, a, a sacred emotion that all traditions speak about and all traditions honor. But there's a kind of compassion that's very directly feminine. Um, you know, we could call it motherly compassion. Uh, it's, it's this, you know, the feeling of literally wanting to nurture others or nurture yourself. Uh, it's a very soft, very gentle feeling, right? And there's a kind of compassion that we could call masculine, which tends to be... Uh, you know, what, what, what I call masculine compassion is the kind of compassion that, that holds up a mirror to your, you know, egoic issues and, you know, and, and kind of empowers you to break through your limitations. Um, so in general, these, you know, there are different forms of compassion that are, uh, that are generally associated with masculine, traditional masculine qualities and traditional feminine qualities. Similarly, there, you know, there, there are different flavors of love that, that to us feel more feminine or more masculine. Um, different flavors of wisdom that may feel more feminine and more masculine. So one of the ways to discover the, the, um, the higher powers of your psyche is to look at your own higher emotions. But... You, there's, if you take an experimental attitude towards your practice, 
what you will often begin to see is that forms, deity forms, that is the personified energies that we call deities, um, can be worked with as really as um, as meditation focuses. And if you if you're practicing with with say the goddess Lakshmi or the goddess Durga as as a meditation focus, then you can kind of take it out of the issue of uh, of you know whether you see this particular form as uh, as God or as deity, and look at it simply as a way of tuning your mind to through a symbol um, to aspects of the self that you may not be able to access ordinarily. So I would say to people that these these deity forms are in one sense there to allow us to enlarge our consciousness through the use of symbols, through the use of archetypes, uh, and that it doesn't actually require that you that you have a religiously oriented belief in order to experience what they are. Mm-hmm. And I love how you brought about that we have a masculine and feminine versions of different uh, experiences or words or emotions because we've most of us so much have lived from that masculine side and we're really moving more into that feminine side and there's a yeah. line in here that you have by Mystic Aurobindo where he says if there is to be a future it will wear the crown of feminine design and so we at least have to allow ourselves we don't have to do anything but we at least have available to us the the feminine energies that can open us to perspectives of these different experiences and energies that can empower us and assist us in coming in a new way on the earth, coming in a new way of ourselves so that we grow and expand differently than perhaps we have in the past. Yeah, and, you know, I I think many people agree um, that we're in a time of feminine empowerment and and in a time when the, the traditional feminine qualities of nurturance, relationality, the capacity to take perspectives are very, very much required in the world. Um, you know, we've, we're, it's, it's almost as if half of humanity has, has, been, has had its, its essential creativity suppressed. And now we're at a point where the creativity of the feminine has to emerge not only in women, but also in men, so that we can essentially save the planet, so that we can, you know, we can we can be on the earth in a new way. And the, the question, um, I've been a feminist for 30 years, 35, 40 years, uh, and you know, sort of watched the, the understanding about what is feminine, feminism evolve over really three generations now. And um, what, I've, what I see is that, first of all, the, the quality of feminism is very, very much shifted when you recognize that there is such a thing as sacred feminism. In other words, that, uh, that, that you, you, you begin to understand that there are certain qualities inside the human being, certain powers inside the human being that are literally sacred powers that we activate 
through meditating on the feminine, um, meditating on the feminine through symbolic forms. I want to and get one, more into that when we get back from this break, Sally. Women as well as men are profoundly cut off from the feminine. Women, at least in the developed world, enjoy freedoms and dignities and opportunities that were possible at no other time in history. But very few of us live from our intrinsic feminine strength and intelligence. To change all of this requires a deep turning of the heart, a shift of consciousness that has to come from our connection to the source of life. The sacred technologies of tantric culture offer us this possibility. And Sally Kempton, offers us this possibility through her book, Awakening Shakti, The Transformative Power of the Goddesses of Yoga. You can find out more about Sally at sallykempton.com. And there you can also find out about a monthly teleclass that she holds, as well as a divine series around the Divine Feminine that will be beginning, be beginning this fall. So definitely connect there. Her other book is Meditation for the Love of It, and the book we're speaking of today is Awakening Shakti. That is sallykempton.com, and we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I am discussing the goddesses and tantric tradition and the feminine principle with Sally Kempton. In Tantra, the goddess consorts are seen as embodying the power, the active energy of each of the male gods. In other words, it is the goddess energy, their shakti, that activates the functions of the male god figures. Brahma's job is to bring the worlds into manifestation, and he does it through his shakti. Uh, we were speaking about a quote by Aurobindo, if there is to be a future, it will wear the crown of feminine design. Sally, talk about that. <laughs> well, I, again, first, what we, what we are seeing more and more in the world is that as women come into positions of leadership, uh, we see that there are certain feminine qualities that are profoundly needed in the world. Um, and normally we say some of these qualities are the, the capacity for 
relationship, the capacity for for um, it, for taking perspectives, for taking others' perspectives, and the 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 realization of the um, the rhythms of nature. You know, the one of the qualities of feminine consciousness is an is an understanding of rhythm. Um, that you know the fact that the world is is really uh, a rhythmic dance of seasons, a rhythmic dance of growth and decay and uh, and creation and dissolution. So a lot of the of the capacities that, that allow us to be in tune with the natural world are traditional feminine capacities. Um, so as I studied the feminine. One of the things that I began to see, especially in in touching into the Indian goddesses, um, who of course come from a very old tradition, you know, an an extremely ancient tradition, and the the one of the fundamental truths that the tantric traditions see about masculine and feminine that is which is quite radical in the Western world is that power is an intrinsically feminine quality. Uh, the the Sanskrit word for power is shakti, which literally means power, force, or energy. Um, and the the understanding here is that the capacity to act, the power to know, the power of will are all intrinsically um, feminine qualities. They're qualities of the sacred feminine, whereas the sacred masculine and, and pure masculine consciousness... Um, its its unique quality is awareness. So the the capacity to do and act and create comes from the inner feminine core, whereas the capacity to be conscious, to reflect, um, to to create, you know, to to structure, um, but especially the quality of consciousness of pure awareness is is the intrinsically masculine quality. And by by realizing, by men and women realizing that we take our power from an inner feminine core, that is, you know, and the, the difference between, let's call it feminine power and masculine power, is that, is that feminine power, when it's really in its pure form, literally comes from inside. It's not, you know, it's, and it's, you, you kind of see it in the physical organs of men and women that the, you know, the male generative organ, the sexual organ is outside the body and it acts from outside. Uh, the masculine consciousness acts from outside, whereas feminine consciousness, which we couldn't, you know, if we're going to be biological about it, we can call it, you know, womb consciousness. Feminine consciousness actually arises from a very deep place within. So, and and one of the things I say in the book is that, as women, as you know, as well as men, um, we are cut off. We're very much cut off from that inner feminine source. It has not historically been a, been a part of certainly Western consciousness uh, for a long, long time. So, to re-engage, to actually turn our attention inside. And find our our deep feminine consciousness is really to find, let's say, the source of renewable energy within ourselves, the source of inspiration, of of will, of you know, of creativity within ourselves. And when that inner 
inner power, which belongs to the, the deep feminine, is allied with the capacity for awareness that's, al- that's allied with the deep masculine, um, then neither is ripping off the other. And, uh, and there's, there's an actual you know, marriage of the masculine and the feminine, which I believe will ultimately create a, a new kind of human being. You know, a human being that is that is actually able to connect to to other people and to the planet from this inner source, and and literally dance with the flow of the world. And I believe that too. I believe it really that we are are having to go to the extreme of the feminine because we've we've swung so much to the masculine in the past <laughs> that to balance it out and to create the the pure integration of both, we are having to go completely to the feminine. When you were talking, I really um, felt like the the truth of what Tantra is was, was being spoken through you. And so many people, when they think about Tantric tradition, they think of it as as something that is very sexually oriented. And when you were speaking, it became very symbolic. And can you just talk a little bit about the distinction there? Because so many people have a misunderstanding or one viewpoint as to what Tantra really is. Um, yeah, of course. Tantra, um, the essence of Tantra, well, you know, it's, there, there are several kind of characteristic understandings that, that, uh, that Tantra holds. And a, a lot of them, as you know, as you know are very appropriate for for the state of the world now. But the the main teaching of Tantra is that everything in the inner and outer world is made of sacred energy. So not not just physical energy, but sacred energy. And it's a tradition that is completely non dual in that a real Tantrika will see the divine essence in every experience of life, which includes sex for sure. Um, but one of the quali- you know, one of the, the gifts that tantric study gives you is the ability to, for example, look at <laughs> difficult emotions or, um, you know, or or scenes and situations that seem horrible, and look for the divine in them. So, so tantra is really a point of view that that teaches us how to go very, very deep inside reality and find the sacred in, in the mundane. So, and there are, there are a number of practices, classical tantric practices for doing this, one of which is, is uh, this, what's called the sexual ritual, in which a, a man and a woman will engage in intercourse in a ritual setting and with the, with the intention of, uh, of kindling their their sacred kundalini energy, their sacred feminine energy, and allowing it to to rise past the uh, the, you know, the the purely sexual and uh, and kindle a sacred experience, a transcendent experience. So, but that that particular um, that particular practice is has always been done in by very advanced practitioners under very specific circumstances. And what's ha- what happened in the West, in what one of my friends calls California Tantra, um, is that, <laughs> which is, I think, a great phrase, and I, I'm from California, and I love California. Uh, but in, you know, in, in Western Tantra, the, there's, 
you know, we, we could call it neo-tantra, there's been a kind of merging of this, of this, a sort of half understood um, recognition of the fact that sexuality is a, is, can be a, full, a way, a pathway to transcendence. And it's been kind of married to, um, you know, psychological processes and become a form, become a way in which couples can enhance their intimacy through sexuality, which is, you know, I think a fine thing to do. But it's, it's, it's not what Tantra is about. Um, you know, Tantra is really about a, a, a very deep marriage of the masculine and feminine energies, which can come about through a couple's um, sexuality and practice with each other for sure, but which, which can also comes about in many different ways. And the, one of the core understandings of Tantra, which is, I think, one reason why it's so important for the tantric view is so important for women um, and for men who who want to understand their own feminine side as well as the, the, as well as the women in their lives is that that tantra um, has it calls the energy of the cosmos shakti calls it feminine and literally takes an attitude of worship which extends to every single area of life. So uh, a, a true tantrika will walk through the world with, with a kind of exploding sense of wonder at, you know, the amazing mystery of every part of life. My guest today is Sally Kempton, and we are talking about Awakening Shakti, The Transformative Power of the Goddesses of Yoga. It's a wonderful book, and you will thoroughly enjoy delving into many of the different energies that are listed within this book. The Hindu goddess tradition offers a uniquely insightful window on the dynamic aspect of the divine feminine. First, to recognize power as feminine is game-changing. In the West, we are used to regarding the feminine as essentially receptive, even passive, but the tantric sages took the opposite view. Looking deeply into the energies at play in the world, they are intuited the feminine as pure creative eros, the life force behind all evolution and all change, whether physical or psychological. In fact, this is a big insight. The tantric traditions tell us that all power comes from an essentially feminine inner source. This is from Awakening Shakti, the transformative power of the goddesses of yoga. You can find out more about Sally at sallykempton.com. There you can also find out about some of the events that are going to be coming up. The Divine Series in the fall that is on the Divine Feminine, and that is an online series along with a monthly telecast that she hosts. Again, that's sallykempton.com, and we'll be right back with Sally Kempton. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. I invite everyone to go to 1111mag.com and sign up for your free lifetime subscription to 1111 Magazine. The March-April issue does have a feature with Sally Kempton and a brief look at some of these goddesses, and you can also link directly to her information from there. So definitely go get your free lifetime subscription, and you can also find out about some of the other amazing things that are coming up, uh, the TED Talk that I'll be doing, as well as uh, my own book that is releasing Conversations with the Universe and the Rebel Road Tour, the RV Tour around the country with my one-woman show that is beginning in August. So definitely tap into the website. 1111mag.com or simran-sing.com and you can find out more. Today we are talking with Sally Kempton and we are speaking about the power of the goddesses of yoga. Her book is entitled Awakening Shakti and she is also the author of Meditation for the Love of It. So you can tap into both of those books at her website uh, sallykempton.com or at Amazon or any of the uh, other bookstore venues. We've known since Young's time that myths and symbols have a lock and key relationship to energies in our personal consciousness as well as in the collective. The ancient spiritual traditions understood very well the power of the imaginal realm. They knew how contemplating an enlightened quality like compassion or a divine archetype like the sacred heart or the tree of life or Krishna with his flute will eventually bring what you are contemplating alive in you. As I went through this book, Awakening Shakti, I had a wonderful time playing with these energies by just opening up the book to whatever it came what came to me. And the very first goddess that I opened to was Dumavati, which is the crone goddess of disappointment and letting go. This is something that so many people have experienced, particularly as of late. And disappointment is a multi-layered teacher. And this was a huge, beautiful awareness through me as I read through the story and through the understanding of what she represented. And as I looked into her eyes and her picture, the image that is in the book. Sally, talk about the importance of story because I found that so enriching to the experience. I could see myself as her living that and I could understand that and it allowed me to tap into my own places of letting go or disappointment in life so that I could understand how to use this energy uh, as a support tool for myself and as an empowerment tool for myself. 
um, to not judge that disappointment or letting go. But I think so much of what came from that initially was that story piece of mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, I agree, and you know the the power you know we the power of myth and story is, I think, incalcul incalculable. I I actually I've actually found over the years that the more people can can understand their story inside a sacred archetype, the the more we can approach our life stories not as you know triumph and disappointment as such, but as actually a an arc of story that's very, very much um, aligned to a sacred journey. So the, these particular myths, these particular goddess myths, which are actually extremely mysterious, symbolic, they have an obvious meaning and they also have a deep esoteric meaning. Um, the, the goddess Dumavati, by the way, uh, when, I, when I taught Dumavati in, in courses... I find that so many people feel close to her. It's really as though Dumavati is, uh, her name means Lady of Smoke or Smoky One, and she's, she's called the widow. And in India, being a widow is probably the worst thing that can happen to a woman in a very patriarchal society. Widows have no, no place in society. Um, and Dumavati is shown... Uh, riding a cart with no horse. She's dressed in rags. She, she carries a winnowing basket, which is symbolically represents the, the capacity to sift experience, you know, to, to, to discriminate experience. And what she shows us is that the path to the self has to go through, has to take us through disappointment. That that, that, that disappointment is in and, it's in and of itself a profound teacher, and and when you when you tune into Dumavati, you you actually she actually does as you were saying, Simran, she actually gives you insight into the teachings of your own disappointment. I've um, I've found I, it's it's always been very interesting to me how many women in the prime of life, women in their 20s and 30s and 40s relate to Dumavati. And, you know, I, I had always thought of her as a goddess for, for old, old women, you know, old people, sick people. But, in fact, she's, she's the guide for everybody who's on a path to the truth, who, um, who has, to, has to find a way of making sense of failure and disappointment. It's, well, you write it's, this. You write it so beautifully here. I'd like to read a passage that you that you have here under Dumavati, uh, just so that people can understand how beautifully this book is written. Think of Dumavati energy as a dry lake bed, as the barren rice fields in a drought-ridden landscape, or in places where clear cutting has turned rainforest into desert. She is dead coral reefs and foreclosed houses with broken windows. She is refugee camps and displaced peoples moving without passports over desolate ground. In all these ways, she denies the ordinary sweetness of life. She is everything that we want to turn away from and refuse to admit to our lives. But she is also the dignity of the outcast and the power that turns bad luck into enlightenment. The trick with Dumavati is to find her enlightened core, the transformative power within hopelessness and failure. This requires inhabiting your worst fears and facing into your losses. 
Dumavati reminds us that any one of us could lose everything, that when safety nets break down, no one is immune from, her, from losing their health or their money or their mind. War or famine or breakdown of a nuclear power plant could take away everything you relied on. And Dumavati asked the questions, can your inner equilibrium survive that level of collapse? Can you find your yogic groove when everything falls away? And I just, I, I found myself looking at her and looking at her and looking at her because we do. And I, and I think, you know, I'm 45 years old and I think about the things that I've let go and lost. And I think so often, you know, we, we come up in our 20s and we, we have this bright look on life and then certain things do happen and they fall away and our own attachment, our own disappointment in those things allow us to feel as she looks on this on this cart but yet there's this elegance and this regalness and this depth in her eyes and yeah. there's this strength within us that always seems to come back up and find the wisdom in it and that's what she represented to me and it was just so beautiful and then when i went the next day and or when i after the week that i really contemplated this and i opened it was so beautiful because then i opened to to my next goddess, and that happened to be Parvati, and that mm-hmm. had to do with auspiciousness. It had to yeah. do with everything that is inside of us that is such abundance already, and drawing things to us. and And that's why I think this is such a sacred path, especially for a woman to take. I mean, definitely for men as well, but for a woman because we go through so many experiences, and it lets us give word and feeling sometimes where we've blocked that off. Absolutely. And, you know, for example, the Parvati story, which is one of the great popular famous myths of the Indian tradition. So in the Parvati story, uh, the goddess is born as the daughter of a mountain, uh, of the, the, the mountain king Himalaya, and falls in love with Shiva. And her, her cosmic role is to bring Shiva, who represents the masculine completely, uh, you know, completely immersed in yoga or completely immersed in his work, which, of course, traditionally um, has been a very strong type of masculine consciousness. So, you know, the, the masculine is so one-pointed on his goal that, that he's, he's out of touch with the flow of life. So Parvati comes into his life to bring him back into, you know, into humanity, into relationship to nature, and she falls in love with him. And uh, and at one point that that Shiva is awakened from his yogic trance by the arrows of the god of love and looks at Parvati, falls in love with her, and immediately, um, you know, decides this is the wrong thing to do, and he he opens his third eye and pulverizes the god of love, um, pulverizes him into ashes, and then goes back into meditation. So Parvati has to win him, uh, and she does it by practicing by practicing yoga. So, so the the story of Shiva and Parvati is is a story about how the feminine brings the masculine into life, and yet in order to do it, she has to literally work on herself. She Parvati has to make herself into the woman who who can hold the love of God, the love of Shiva, who's, you know, the, the, the great classic outlaw hero. He's kind of Ryan Gosling on steroids, if you will. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, so, it, and that is, of course, such an important part of a woman's path, how, how a, a woman realizes that in order to have the partnership that she longs for, 
she actually has to become the person who who can, you know, magnetically draw into her life that person, you know, that that man who can who can be her genuine sacred partner. So every one of these stories has a you know, has a powerful meaning for our lives and and it, and also shows us that you know that, that the 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 events of our life, you know, the triumphs and disappointments, the the weird experiences that we have are that are actually part of the sacred archetype. So everybody's life partakes of these archetypal images, these archetypal situations, and therefore, you know, by by reading by reading these stories, by contemplating these goddesses, we really understand our own dignity and you know our own worthiness, our own really our own the sacredness of our human story by by recognizing our connection with these myths. And as you go through these many goddesses that are listed here for you, uh, Sally Kempton really gives a beautiful depiction of who these goddesses are, what they embody, and then she allows you to really contemplate or have the meditations that can support you in delving into that within yourself. Parvati is showing us a deeper truth about spiritual life, that if we're willing to make the necessary sacrifices, we can have it all. We can have enlightenment and intimacy together. We can know our transcendent bliss self, and we can realize that bliss in passionate relationship. The secret Parvati shows us that it is the relational form of self-realization requires just as much conscious effort as to the, realize the transcendent self. Both paths begin with self-cultivation. Parvati realized that she can't have Shiva unless she cultivated in herself the qualities of stillness, stamina, and devotion. To embody love requires absolute commitment, radical courage, and rigorous self-cleansing. The great desire has to be separated from the smaller desires and tested in its own fire. And then she provides you questions. Ask yourself now, what is the deepest desire of my heart? And ask yourself, what will it take me to realize this desire? What do I need to let go of? What qualities in myself do I need to cultivate? Who is available to help me? And what's the first step can I take? And then offers you a beautiful meditation. The book is called Awakening Shakti, The Transformative Power of the Goddesses of Yoga. And you can find out more about Sally Kempton at sallykempton.com. While you're at it, go ahead and order her other book, Meditation for the Love of It. We'll be right back with Sally Kempton. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Sally Kempton is the author of the popular yoga journal column, Wisdom. She is also the author of the new book, Awakening Shakti, The Transformative Power of the Goddesses of Yoga. Getting to know these different energies through deity meditation changed her own relationship with the energy sources. The book's intention is to help you open the layers of your soul that are related to these particular energies and the practices that invoke them. That way you can better receive the gifts and you'll be able to recognize and own their shadowy aspects as well as their power. You can access their power to awaken and transform you. Above all, you can dance with the energies, and aren't we all here just to dance? Sally, I'd love for you to just give us a quick overview of some of the different goddesses that are here and anything else that you'd like to share in the last few minutes of our show. I've loved this book, and I've loved having you on, so please take the, take the mic. Thank you, Simran. Uh, I, I wanted to just give you a sense of the, a kind of overview of the different flavors of of the sacred feminine. So in the book, I talk about 11 goddesses, um, Durga, whose name means hard to conquer, who's a, she's a warrior goddess, she's queenly, she's protective, and I, I've found that for many, many contemporary women, Durga is a powerful image. You know, she's, she's an eight-armed goddess. Um, she's omnicompetent. Uh, she's, you know, she's acting in many spheres of life. So she's, she's kind of the multitasking, working mom uh, of the cosmos. Um, Lakshmi, who's, who embodies beauty and auspiciousness. She's, her name literally means luck. So she is the lady of good fortune. And again, very much, very connected with your resources, your wealth, but especially with your inner sense of abundance. Kali, who... Uh, has is enjoying a profound res- uh, kind of renaissance in in the West because simply because she's such a wild figure she's she's really the goddess of revolution um, and many many of the young women I know are powerfully drawn to Kali because there's something about her that stirs your sense of freedom and possibility uh, Parvati whom we spoke about earlier who's the goddess of the sacred marriage. And of the the you know the the inner marriage of the masculine feminine, Saraswati, who's my personal goddess, who's the the deity of music, of speech, of literature, of intuition and inspiration. She's very very beautiful, um, very subtle energy. Sita, who's uh, a consort goddess, she's she's the classic nurturing wife and mother. Um, very, very, very passive, giving all of her energy in the service of others, but one of the most beautiful figures in the whole pantheon of goddesses. Radha, 
who is uh, who is the romantic, um, passionate, teenaged lover. She's she's like the um, she's your inner uh, romantic, the one who just gives up everything for love. Dumavati, whom we spoke about. One of my personal favorites is Chinamasta, whose name means the headless one, and she's one of the one of the most mysterious and terrifying looking goddesses because she's cut off her own head and there are streams of blood coming out of it which are feeding her two attendants. And Chinamasta represents the, the capacity of the feminine to nurture the world. Um, it's you know, the, the, the sacrifice of life energies for the nurturance of others. But she also represents the risen Kundalini Shakti, the the inner, the inner power that brings about self-realization. And uh, someone called me yesterday to say that she'd been looking through the book. She saw the name Chinamasta. She felt shivers of, of ecstasy going through her, and she immediately turned to the Chinamasta chapter. And she said it's just changed her understanding about her spirituality and her life, uh, which is part of what this book can do. It's there's something about these goddesses that is psychoactive. You know, it's catalytic. So as you read, you actually do begin to tune into the goddess energies in yourself. And the last two um, are, are very, very beautiful energies. One is called Lalita Tripura Sundari. Her name means the playful beauty of the three worlds. And she represents the completely empowered feminine. She's... She's queenly, she's erotic, um, and she's, she's, she's in charge. She's, she's got this absolute confidence in her own feminine power, the love of her consort, um, and her capacity to, to really bring beauty and goodness to every situation that she lives in. And finally, Bhuvaneshwari, whose name means Lady of Space, and who's really a kind of a Gaia figure. She's the... She's a feminine as who holds the universe inside her body. Uh, and she's a goddess whom I invoke when I, for example, when I want to work with difficult emotions, I'll often invoke the presence of Bhuvaneshwari with the feeling that she's holding me in her space. Um, she's, she's a feminine as the one who holds space for us to to grow, to change, to feel loved and nourished. So these are the eleven goddesses that that are that the book uh, explores. And as you can see, every one of them has has a particular area in which you can get to know yourself more deeply by knowing them. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Sally Kempton, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Sacred feminism takes us beyond the association of femininity with gender, and it shows us that the very life force of the universe is the feminine face of spirit. To be a sacred feminist is to be a lover of the feminine face of God as she appears in the world, in culture, and also in our own psyche and soul, while also recognizing that the feminine can never be separated from her masculine other half. Again, you can connect with Sally Kempton at sallykempton.com. Next week, join me as my guest is Neil Donald Walsh, and we will talk about his book, The Only Thing That Matters. Until then, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. 
Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.